Carnivorous couch. It happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous couch. With Brady and Rob. And Tess. Hey everybody, hey everybody, hey everybody, welcome to Carnivorous Couch, the film podcast where we do a film a week from two film geeks. Uh, there's, as always, Rob, and then there's still... It's still Brady. Yes, but... Rob, it... I like your shock jock uh, line <laughs> reading here. Maybe that's the direction we need to get. The top of the hour! Bing bong! Bang bing bong! Bang bong! Uh, how, many, how many air horn sounds can you hear? <laughs> yeah. Give me like a weird name like the Gruffalo. Like, that's Robbie and the Gruff. Hey, Gruff. What'd you get up to last night? <laughs> back, back sack and ass crack in the morning. <laughs> Wait, what is this podcast about? <laughs> it's about the 1986 film Project Echo, which is an anime that Maddie suggested last week and then uh, kind of wrung her hair about. Sorry, we haven't said. Maddie is here. Hi. And Tess is also here. Yes, I know. You, you did chime them in, but we got, uh, we got a little sidetracked before we finished the introductions. Um, Project Echo, Maddie suggested it last week and then she kind of uh, twirled her hair and, and worried uh, all week because she's like, I don't know if it's going to be as good as I remember it being when I was a kid. But she wrung her hands the entire that's, time. That's the one I was looking for. She I was walked like, she the did widow's something. walk crying. <laughs> exactly. And so that's what I was looking for to say. Thank you. Wrung her hands. I was like, my hair. My hair was really wet. Like, <laughs> wringing her hair. Wringing her hair. like, oh God, the Project Daco. My hair is twice. It's so waterlogged. <laughs> okay, so Maddie is cutting out a bit. But I think the reason is just these antennas aren't reaching. So, I guess they're inside a metal box, but that'll probably fix it. Okay. Sorry. Aren't we all inside a metal box these days? Indeed. Indeed we are. So, um, yeah, we did Project Echo, and we start, as always, with the plot synopsis. And Maddie, do you feel like doing the plot synopsis? Sure. I have the plot of this movie seared into my brain because it was one of the first anime I ever... It was the first anime I think I saw consciously as a kid. I was seven or eight, and it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, and I just loved it. So, this movie is basically just anime trope after anime trope. Um, it starts out in outer space, and we got super confused because the opening is in English, because I guess it's the United States Space Program space shuttle out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they all look kind of different, and they say, it's coming right for us! It's coming right for us! And then they blow up instead of killing it, like, you know, happens sometimes with a thing. Yeah, so this strange object blows up that space shuttle, and then predictably blows up Tokyo, because you can't have a sci-fi anime without first blowing up Tokyo, and then having a time jump to about, you know, 15 years later. Um, and so, you know, Tokyo is rebuilt with this big crazy tower in the middle of the city that is maybe leftover space junk from the big impact. I don't know. Um, and there's a, a girl who's getting up for school and she's like, you know, stretching and yawning and there are panties and cold drinks <laughs> and she gets dressed. And, and the top button's unbuttoned as always. Yeah. You know, so lots of, lots of good casual high school girl nudity oh god um yeah. <laughs> anime anime 
Um, and then uh, she is running late for school. Her friend comes to meet her at the door and they run to school super duper crazy fast because apparently the red haired girl, Aiko, whose friend is named Seiko, Aiko strong. Oh, oh, now I'm really cutting out. Or somebody is. It's yeah, that was me. I get it. Okay. It's so, fine. So Aiko is super fast and super... No, I'm really cutting out. I, I understand. Don't worry about it. I'll handle it. Okay. I think it's still getting you. Yes, I know. Aiko is super fast and super strong and runs to school dragging Seiko behind her. Seiko's kind of flying up in the air and they're doing a lot of property damage. <laughs> and uh, I think on the first day do they run through D? I think there's like a, there's a mysterious yeah. detective looking person who's smoking, who gets crashed into while they're running to school. Yeah, he's kind of a cowboy. Cowboy? I wouldn't yeah. interpret him that way, but... But they play sure. some like cowboy-ish music, like they have the... Mm. He's got tough guy energy. Yeah, and he's just sitting there smoking cigarette like after nothing, cigarette. Nothing ever happens in this town. Yeah. Exactly. So he, this, this person is observing what's going on, um, and so they they get to school and they are transfer students, which is a big anime trope, and they are wearing different uniforms than from everywhere else because they're wearing their old school uniforms, which is how you tell who the main character is in an anime usually. That's the hair. <laughs> the hair. The, they also have the colorful hair. Everybody else has brown and black hair and stuff, and then the main characters have cool hair that's crazy color. The teacher does too, which makes me like a little bit. What what's up with this teacher? Is it just to signify that she's the worst teacher? Like <laughs> she's definitely. Ooh. Um, there's like a sexy <laughs> teacher trope thing happening there. Like what oh, that's teacher? Much yeah, what teacher like wears a halter top to teach? I mean, come on. This, yeah, this lady is really pushing the boundaries of what is appropriate for teaching school. Although it is, it is also another trope, which is the all-girls school. Mm. Um, and so then, uh, let's see. They, you know, they do their introductions and Seiko is super ditzy and super emotional and stares out the window, which is another anime trope, staring out the window. Um, and she cries and all this stuff. And then they have lunch and Seiko cooking is terrible which is another anime trope which mm. is you know like everybody oh and they sit next to Biko who's got long blue gray hair and seems very very interested in Seiko um okay so they eat the terrible lunch um they come back and they're late uh because they were both had stomach upset I guess from this terrible food <laughs> and so Eiko has to clean the classroom because um, in Japan the students clean up the classrooms. They do the janitorial work instead of hiring janitors. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, that, that's I did not solid. That. Yeah. So um, Eiko's cleaning up. She's like throwing around desks and everybody's like, whoa, this lady's super strong. What's going on? Um, and Biko has this plot. She's got this evil girl gang of, of hench girls, um, and she's going to have her big buff hench girl pretend to beat up Seiko so that Biko can run in and rescue Seiko and befriend her. That's the, that's her, you know, devilish plan. Um, but it kind of all goes wrong because the big buff girl, uh, who like, is is super big super buff i think i think her character design is a reference to fist of the north star yeah um and she has a this like 
you know, she's she's kind of she's played as a joke, which isn't great, but she, you know, I don't know. She's got this little sweet voice, but she's super angry and buff and gets upset cuz Seiko's just being like such a ditz and and stops her with by, you know, not understanding that she's about to get beat up and playing uh Rochambeau with her instead. So, everything goes crazy and Biko can't get there in time to rescue her and so Eiko has to come beat up Mari, the big buff hench girl. Um, and save Seiko yet again. And so then, uh, the next day they get, they get in trouble. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So there's the, the gratuitous bathtub scene, um, <laughs> which more casual nudity, you know, the anime has stopped doing this quite, uh, quite so much, um, since it's become more mainstream in the West, but like a lot of eighties anime will have a lot of like casual nudity in bathing scenes because, I don't know. It just did. Um, also, uh, I don't know. Do you guys? Cause why not? Because why not? Also, do you guys give like background information during the synopsis or sure, no? You I, may if, I'm you, for if it. you have any. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, this um, this movie apparently was originally plotted out to be a hentai for the Cream Lemon series. I think it was called, and the only scene that stayed the same from when it was a hentai to when it became just like a normal movie was the bath, the gratuitous palatial uh, bath she's, scene. She's like grabbing her boob and going like, yeah. oh, and, and Seiko. Yeah. Seiko. Oh, and man. she explains the whole plot, which is basically, it's also super tropey. It's it's like the the uh, class S, I think it's called. All, school, all girl school kind of like girl girl high school romance trope which um there's there's a long history in japan of these stories of these romantic friendships between girls that like sort of just dissolve once they're old enough to like actually get married and be right. like you know upstanding ladies in society instead of having all of these queer feelings oh no so um <laughs> so this this uh, movie also leans heavily into that where the plot is that Biko wants Seiko to be her friend and not Eiko's friend in this sort of like pseudo-sexual like romantic friendship kind of way um, and is very jealous all right and so the next day Eiko get gets in trouble for having broken all the furniture in the class. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand how cleaning up turned into breaking furniture, but I guess it did. I, no, I kind of missed that as well, oh, actually. Okay. So, she, so she was like stacking all the desks to clean the floor. Um, and when she heard Seiko screaming that she was in trouble, she like just tossed... She like tossed the the desk. All the desks and in the, the air. And the desks like, just kind of flopped like over a big and all the juggling okay. pile. All right, yeah. I totally missed yeah, that she, part. Like, yeah. I was she like, I guess she broke them, just... and I, it's not that important that I know how or why, but like I totally missed that part. Yeah. It's just like she broke them. It doesn't. It, it, it this is not no, a big she, question. She like she tore she breaks out of everything. there. She did a lot of collapse. Yeah, like damage. just just running out the door could have broken the desks, and I might have missed that part. But yeah, yeah, and this I. I'm not getting it across, but this movie is really funny, and it's got a lot of like Looney Tunes yeah. violin, violence in it, like the the part with Agent D, the the mysterious noir person who keeps getting run over. Like mm. it's very Looney Tunes, and there's like cartoon logic where stuff like magically appears, which is great. Um, and so Aiko's trying to fix all the furniture, and she like smashes her hand with a thumb, and it's like great funny cartoon violence. And then Seiko tries to bring her lunch again. Should I keep going? What's going yes, on? Yes, keep okay. going. Just ignore uh, it. <laughs> Sorry. 
I, I hope this isn't going too slow. Uh, and then they have like a cute date in town where they go see yeah, a crazy, so it's a really cute date. And there's some great music. Um, and they go see this movie where there's like, it's like a horror movie where the villain is Colonel Sanders, which is great. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't tell whether or not, now it's me. I couldn't tell whether or not the flashing was, they just do that to signify that it's a, a, a film? It's to signify it was a film, yes. Yeah. But it made me very uncomfortable. Well, I didn't know if it was like, this film is a horror kind of film, and there's a that, lot of flashing in horror films. There's probably that, but like, I don't know. Like, I think it was just to indicate they were watching a movie more than anything else, even though it was obviously ostensibly a horror film. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, what happens? Okay. Uh, and then a, there, st there's a steel beam that falls on Seiko after the date, and Eiko, like, punches it in half to save her, and one of Biko's Well, she just women, stops it from falling, she and stops it happens it. to bend in half, just because yeah. that's the amount she's of force strong. that she stopped. She's strong, and one of Biko's henchwomen films it. Okay, and then, all of a sudden, we're in space again, and there's this, like, <laughs> Captain Harlock-looking motherfucker with yeah. a glass of wine... Um, and a very sinister glass of wine um, who's observing what's going on and talking with Dee about stuff. Okay, and then there's like date surveillance that footage that Biko has and it's a, another good excuse for Biko to be in lingerie instead of the bathtub this time. Um, and then uh, she decides to make I don't know uh, robots. Robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She decides to make robots to beat her up. Well, well first she gets uh, Biko to, like, she makes a robot and then, like, the there, she has somebody else drive the robot. Yeah. And that happens several times. But the first time it happens, Biko gives the backstory to Eiko and Siko about why she wants to be friends. And apparently they all went to kindergarten together. And from biko's point of view siko was her friend and then eiko stole siko away from her when she, when siko got attacked by a wolf that maybe escaped from the zoo and eiko defended her and there's a very cute flashback with like crayon drawing stuff because they were kids um and then it turns out the real story is that biko harassed siko and like put frogs down her dress and all this kind of like I like you but I'm a little kid kind of tropey stuff yeah it's 10 years ago it's ancient history yeah um and so they're like, oh my god. And then Biko had challenged Eiko to a fight to the finish in order to claim Siko as her prize. And uh, when that was going to happen, that was the day that Eiko moved away. And so she never went to the fight. And Biko's been holding a grudge ever since. Eiko's very sensibly like, hey, Siko's not an object. This is weird. I'm just going to go to class. Um, but then there's uh, the mech fight. And then, you know, Eiko very easily beats the first mech. And then there's, like, weird gazebo mech building stuff. Uh, <laughs> she's, like, in a workshop under a gazebo building stuff, Biko is. Um, and, yeah, it sort of just, like, repeats the same pattern a few times over to build up escalating each time where they run to school. Eiko and Siko run to school because they're late and run over the secret agent D person. And then, uh, you know, Biko is there with some kind of robot that doesn't quite work out until it finally builds up to the day where Eiko's super excited because she's finally 
up she's early. early. She's early. She got up early. She's going to be on time to school. So your plot synopsis is better. Mine just says Aiko beats them all. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Um, okay, and so and this this Spoilers. sequence has so much property damage. I mean, this is a huge feature of the movie where Aiko just like totally rips up the road wherever she runs it's ridiculous and she like runs through houses and blows everything up it's yeah it's very silly and funny yeah that was Um, the thing i was trying to figure out uh, like halfway through the film i was uh finding that i'm like okay so is this just animation hyperbole (laughs) it wasn't until maybe three quarters of the way through the movie i'm like no all this stuff is actually blowing up yep yep it's all really happening japan is just really chill and they like fix it each day. Yeah, it just gets, they have great infrastructure maintenance, and they just they repave really, the road every day. They actually really do, so that joke scans, like, <laughs> uh, quite yeah. well. I, me- I remember, like, when Fukushima happened, there was, like, a meme going around, which just like, this thing got all fucked up by the tsunami yesterday, and it's been fixed in, like, three days, or whatever. That is something <laughs> that jo- J- Japan is, like, notorious for, right. like... <laughs> fix it, fix it, fix it. Okay, well, just... Just, it'll, like... It'll team, be done. Teamwork, get it fixed together, we're all good. Like, that's kind of a... Yeah. So that, I mean, it scans, but it's also a really funny joke that every day the road is fixed, even though she destroys it every day. Right. Yeah. So it's, like, a little Looney Tunes and also, like, a little bit, like, yeah, I guess, I guess like, in a really extreme circumstance. <laughs> this could get repaved every day, who knows? Um, okay. So they also, uh, D finally realizes that they shouldn't be like out in the middle of the street every day and goes to hide in a corner, but Aka still manages to smash through them. Um, okay. And so then there are these five giant robots. They are all color coded and they're huge. And uh, Aiko beats them all. Aiko <laughs> destroys them all in a really beautifully animated fight scene. Yep. Um, and is super mad because she's like, I finally got off early. I don't know why you're mad at me. This is really stupid. And Biko's like, it's not stupid. I want Seiko to be my friend. And like rips off her clothes and has this crazy... Embarrassing. Yeah. Embarrassing I, I wrote, Biko strips down and says something about her M-line. And, <laughs> and then bites Aiko all by herself. Yeah, so she's got this super suit. It's very skimpy, very classic. I remember very clearly in my mind in the dub, Seiko's like, ain't it cold in that? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Sounds like some 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 dub dub shit. shit. Why, is Seiko like super uh, southern? (laughs) A little bit. Ain't it cold? Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. She says, like, that's embarrassing. Right. Mm -hmm. Ain't it cold? I could, yeah, okay, all right, dubs. this seems like the right time to ask this question. What does the suit do? Like, I think knows. it makes her stronger because there's no way that she'd be able to fight her without yeah, it. Because my yeah. first reaction is like, five giant robots didn't do it. Uh, you in like a nice skimpy suit is like seems like With a downgrade in terms of <laughs> yeah, it's power. got a helmet. No, a hot lady in a skimpy suit is never a downgrade. It's a super I guess you suit. You got to do it yourself. It's a super right? suit. It makes yeah, yeah. it makes her super strong because like you remember at the beginning of the movie when she's running to try and save Biko from Mari and the things she's she's orchestrated. She has to stop and catch her breath while she's running to go save Seiko. Mm-hmm. So right. she's clearly not in very good shape. Another th- thing of note is that when she like grabs Seiko at the end and like pulls her along, like 
Seiko uh, is like actually out of breath from being dragged by Biko. Like she can't run the way that Eiko does, where she just flies along behind her. Like she's like, ah, shit! I've never been dragged in a way where I have to run. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they have a really really cool fight with lots of really great animation. Um, also, this was the point in the movie where I went, oh my god. Uh, Kill La Kill owes its balls to, to Project Echo. Oh. I forgot. Yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, I can get into that more later. Let's um, do it. Okay. So, D went to the store and is eating an onigiri and has a grocery bag with a, a baguette sticking out of it. Yeah! Uh, and calls home base to tell the Play alcoholic baguette. Captain Harlock that, uh, <laughs> that they found the thing that they were looking for. Um, which is their alien princess. Okay. And then, um, there's a bunch of, like, turn the page. (laughs) There's a bunch of, like, sci-fi stuff that Tess thought was boring and I thought was cool. That's pretty, you know, boilerplate anime sci-fi space battle stuff. Um, and then... You know, the alien invasion starts happening. Everybody's freaking out and evacuating. And Seiko and all of Biko's hench people team up to go find them because they've taken their fight away from destroying the school very in a very cool, stylish way to now destroying the city and turning over tanks in a cool and stylish way. Um, there's this crazy, like, pedicab helicopter deal that they're all in. Um, and then Seiko... Finally, they finally find Eiko and Biko fighting, and Seiko's like, I have lunch for you! Hooray! And then uh. gets kidnapped by the aliens, because it turns out she is their alien princess. No, it's not the person with weird superpowers who's the alien princess. It's the annoying one. Um, <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> um, so then Biko and Eiko have to team up to go save Seiko. They're flying up to the spacecraft, and Biko accidentally drops Aiko and is like, oh no, I wanted to be the one to kill her. Oh well. And then keeps flying and then Aiko falls onto a jet and there's an epic panty shot. of (laughs) Uh, Epic. (laughs) And then she's apparently the guy who directed this movie is most known for his panty shots. That's like his signature move. That scans completely. Um, Yeah. So then she's doing this cool video game jumping from rocket to rocket to get to the spaceship. And then she beats up all of the, all of the aliens with guns and who are trying to defend the spaceship. And there's lots of running around. Uh, Seiko's in a princess outfit looking really dazed. Um, D, the secret agent. I wrote that she was catatonic. She looks catatonic. (laughs) It's like, Seiko, Seiko, wake up. Wake up. <laughs> she just tired herself out crying. You think she's drugged? She, she just tired herself out crying. She fell. She says she fell asleep crying, according to right. the, the oh, subtitles, really? oh, yeah. which and means she, she was sleeping, sleeping with, with her, her eyes, eyes opened. opened. Yeah, that is very creepy. I half expected like once uh, uh, Biko picked her up for her to when, when she started crying to immediately fall asleep again with her eyes open. That's what I expected the joke to be. That would have been a good joke. That is a good joke. Okay. Um so then the secret agent person turns out to be a lady in a bikini who's super big and buff, which is great. Um love it. Aiko's running around and go, finds the ship's laundry and it's stinky and it's all panties cuz this guy just loves panties. 
Um, and then she's in a cool space elevator. Um, and then there's a sword fight with D, which is a pretty cool sword fight. And then Aiko confronts the alcoholic spaceship captain, um, who also originally, like, at first looks like it's a guy and is voiced by a guy, but then turns out to, to have beautiful cleavage. Um, Big, beautiful tits. Yeah. Um, Take little bitties. <laughs> and then um, the captain is having alcohol withdrawals. Uh, and there's a big fight and a big kerfuffle and people are shooting at each other on the bridge of the spaceship and everything's exploding. And <laughs> He's like, don't shoot the princess with yeah. that gun. And uh, then he gets crazy and yeah. grabs a gun. And it's like, basically an alcoholic in withdrawal blows up the whole ship. Yeah. Um, but Aiko and Biko are there to rescue Seiko. The ship, the ship crashes and... Uh, and they crash right next to the school, and everything's great. And mm-hmm. and then there's that's the end. And then there's like a little a little thing of the next day. Aiko's getting ready for school, and she's gotten up on time, and she has the correct school uniform. So now yep. she's finally part of the school that she's transferred to. And she passes by her parents, who apparently her dad is Superman. It's heavily implied. He's reading the Daily Planet, yeah, and mom's mom holding a shirt that looks like it has a Superman. Definitely be fucking Lois Lane, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Yeah. I was confused by, by that. I'm like, wait, so are they really just, like, dropping in? Like, oh, yeah, also related to Superman. Yeah. Just in case you... It, it's. I, th- I feel like that was, like, just in case you thought that she was actually the princess and they fucked up. No... No, Seiko was the princess, and she's just an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like it was, they really like Superman, and so they decided <laughs> to put something in about Superman just as a little Easter egg. Just like, yeah, I thought it was like a little So then why is her wink. last name yeah. not Kent? Knows. Well, I'm just confused on how they're all named Aiko and Biko and Seiko. Those are like it's don't question like Jane it. Doe, basically, those names are like they're all named Jane Doe, Jane Doe two, Jane Doe three. <laughs> yeah, Jane Doe, Jan Doe, uh, Jean Doe. <laughs> yeah, the, that's their names. Um, yeah. Um, so I love this movie. Yay. I am so glad that that held up because I have not seen that since I was in uh, anime club in high school and we watched it like I think over three lunches yeah. <laughs> and the teacher cut out like all of the really really explicit nudity <laughs> so a part of it I missed where like she's like talking about how much she like Biko is talking about much how much she loves Seiko and wants to like covet Seiko like that's all during a scene where she's like masturbating in a bathtub it's like sex <laughs> essentially position. yeah it's sex position yeah and like I came back to the class like to the 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 lunchroom club meeting and was just like okay uh, I guess she really likes her I think we missed that part because like Miss Nishizaki was just like fast forward fast forward we already Somewhere saw some boobs a slightly less older George R.R. R. Martin was waiting and taking <laughs> notes yeah, yeah. or uh, whatever that guy's DB uh, whatnot blah 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 okay so um Listeners, I apologize for the audio quality. I'm uh, trying out a new test uh, wireless mic thing. Uh, so we'll just say we're going to press on, but 
if everybody who's got a mic pack could set it someplace where it's not going to move and just go like, all right, oh, sure. this seems to work. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, left there. But yeah, apparently I need to put the uh, antenna, I'm going to put it up high. Maybe that'll stop this from happening. But mm. it's like if I walk in between you and it, yeah, you cut out. Oh, so we just won't move too much. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's a little... Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, except I just explained to you who he was and um, <laughs> what's going on. So, anyway, let's press onward. I'm sorry to break for that, but I felt I needed a lampshade. Um, how do we like it, right? That's the next thing we do. That's we next. do the hey, 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 how do we like it? Well, let's listen to that little bit. That was real quiet. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Okay. I mean, it was there. Here, I did. Can I make it louder? <laughs> no, fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a new studio, guys. We've been, I've been trying to do the best I can, but I have very little time. I just think it's so funny good, that so it good. sounds like we've locked another Rob in a closet. <laughs> Four of them doing <laughs> harmony. How do you let me out of here? <laughs> But I think what it could have really used is a perverted old man who turns out to be really, really badass at the end. Mm-hmm. All righty. What, you want Hoppasai to be in this movie? Why? Well, we have all the tropes except that one. That's true. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention earlier when I was talking about tropes that also this is the... So I learned about all of the tropes. This is a, this is a very good education in anime tropes, this movie, that also, like... Japanese schoolgirl PE uniforms are so skimpy. I didn't mm. like it took me so long to get my head around that and there's all of these girls doing PE like with mech suits. It's incredible. So, I, yeah. <laughs> so you guys keep talking about like all the nudity and this and that, but I mean maybe it's just me totally desensitized to it, but I'm like well, eh, it didn't seem like there was that much nudity. Like she changes her bra or whatever. She's kinda The thing is just that they're high school students. You yeah, know? they're it's like kind of teen. It's, it's right, a little but creepy. It, but it's animated, so they're not real. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know. And you know, you know porn when you see it, but this is like yeah. Originally <laughs> designed to be porn and then they veered away to make something that they could sell to a wider audience. The 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 worst part of this movie for me was watching the sequence with all the panties and going, someone has masturbated to this. And I <laughs> want to think about that, but I know that somebody has. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, someone's masturbated to almost everything at this point. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You'd be pretty hard-pressed to we've, find something. We've been locked down for a while, okay? You can't yeah. do a podcast about Project Deco without mentioning that somebody has masturbated to anything at some point. <laughs> My favorite nights are just me, some lotion, and the original King Kong. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Aristocats for some reason. I was just like, that's the worst thing he could say. Then you didn't, and I was like... Feeling bad for thinking it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's all okay. None of us need to feel dirty here. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. 
a, this is a clean place. It's getting warm and sweaty. It's, ah. uh, it's pretty sweaty in this recording studio. Okay, how did everybody else like it? Because I can gush, but I don't think I should gush first. Um, I thought it was really funny, and I... Uh, so, like, obviously, like, the uh, connection of... Uh, Kill a Kill is not to be denied. That is totally a thing that is like, Kill a Kill would not exist with this movie, I'm pretty sure, without this movie existing. But the other thing that I thought it most reminded me of was Ranma One Half. And uh, I looked it up uh, while we were doing the plot synopsis and come to find that this movie is one year younger than the first, like, issue of Ranma one half like mm. not even the cartoon show just the the manga coming mm. out so like the the show came the, the this movie came out in 1986 Six. Yeah. and the first issue of Ranma one half came out in 1987 so this is about, the show show was a little later I want to say maybe 90s uh, yeah. by the, that point maybe 80 89 but uh well, I, it, there was a scene in this that I have seen play out in Ranma one half, one hundred percent. Like the scene where she's like, "We were in kindergarten together. We got in a fight. Like I challenge you to this." And like, Aiko <laughs> is just like looking at her, like, "What? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." Oh wait a minute! Yeah, you're that bitch. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that has happened in Ranma so many times. That's just Ranma's character. Yeah. And like in the back of my head, there was no there was no background music during this scene, but I just heard that Ranma one half background music when stuff like that happens of just like that. <laughs> that was what was playing in the back of my head. Yes, you get it. <laughs> so yeah, this not not only apparently uh, it is kill a kill ode, like so much to this, but, like, Ranmo one-half maybe wouldn't even exist in the way that it does without this movie. Maybe. Or maybe that was just, there like, are a popular... in a way. I, yeah, and I think... I don't know. And I don't know everything that came out at the time. Yeah, me knowing but, almost nothing about anything, I kind of think that this was just the early... Uh, this is one of the early markers of anime being uh, popular, or, you know, at least having a niche in United States in general, so I think that everything that just kind of got in, they would borrow from each other and be like, "This works for you. I'll do it too." Yeah, like, and I think I think maybe more than that, it's that like anime had existed in Japan for a long time, but it wasn't until around the '80s that people started like you know playing with the tropes and doing like you know really funny shit with them. Yeah. Like, before like that, yeah, like the yeah, de- yeah, exactly. Well, that was I'll, the word I was looking for. I mean, like deconstructing the tropes and trying to make jokes about them. Mm-hmm. And things I think like we, that. I think we did. Um, uh, I guess we haven't done Back of the Future on this podcast, but there's. This reminds me of a line in Back of the Future where, like, you know, this it's a Japanese video camera he's brought back to Doc Blount. He's like, oh, the Japanese, they make crappy stuff. He's like, what are you talking about, Doc? Everything All the best stuff comes from Japan, Japan. which is a very 1985 for them attitude. And well, that's the technology, too. It's right. Like, but, yeah. I, but I think that a lot of it has to do with anime coming, you know, with 
that the technology comes over and that the culture comes over as well. And no, that maybe that I, was incre- I, I, I don't know, I don't but think I'm, that's the I'm case. theorizing. I, I think, think that was that had definitely more to do with the technology yeah. than like the media. Okay. Well, it was just a the thought. Media it was, was a thought I the had. media was coming <laughs> over you, at that time. It just was like over. only nerds watched anime in the eighties. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. And a lot of people who watched anime in the eighties complained about the animation quality and stuff like that. Which the animation in this is gorgeous. I was oh, super impressed. Some of it's really goofy, but like some of the fight scenes, you can tell they like poured all their money into that yeah. and stuff. Like. It, it looks so good compared to, like, some other things I've, we, like, Brady was, wa- Brady's been watching stuff from, like, you know, the, the mid to, mid to late 80s, and it just looks so bad a lot of the time. Yeah. Some is really great, and some of it is, like, pretty bad, even though it's still considered a classic. Like, yeah. Like, I'm looking at you, like, what was it? Evil City? Wicked, oh, Wicked City. Sh- Wicked no. City. Oh, yeah, no, Wicked City. Wicked, was, was it Wicked like, City? I was thinking Wicked Dark City, City but <laughs> Anyway. Jennifer Connelly smashes oh, a mirror. Yeah, and it's like, there was that part where, like, Seiko uh, starts sake. yelling, like, no, rape, he's gonna rape me, and it's, like, supposed to be, like, a joke, like, uh, this person is probably not gonna do that, but it's, like, I've seen enough animes from that era to know that this was, like, a real possibility. I'm not really sure what the joke was there. Who knows? I don't know, man. That's, yeah, that is a problem in anime, especially from the 80s. Yeah. Glad they left that trope out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad nobody got raped. Okay, so Tess got in her how she likes it. Did you give a letter grade? Oh, letter grade. Ah, do I give it an A co, B co, C co, or D? <laughs> uh, or Amari. I can give it Amari. <laughs> what, what is that? An F? <laughs> no. It, I like a, Mari a lot. A, <laughs> <laughs> I, a grunt of I actually really do like Mari. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I I think I would give this like a solid B. Solid B. Solid B. I had a lot of fun watching it. A solid B co. All right. Uh, And then you were going to gush, but you you were saying, oh, you guys should should probably go do your thing before we gush. So, Brady, how did you like it? Actually, I think I I fixed this, so let's just... Brady. Uh, Yes? Oh, Rob is still, still quiet. He's still trapped in a box, <laughs> but trapped. you know, no, make sure the there are some air holes in there, please. <laughs> okay, there's four of them, especially. Please, how did I put them in there? Uh, they're good. How did I like it? I liked it. Um, letter grade. I think I'm at like a B B plus. Here's what happened. You guys already touched on it. The early animation is kind of that like hallmark of 80s anime that I don't so much care for. And in fact, the worst example I can think of that uses it isn't a Japanese anime at all, but the 80s Transformers movie, which looks okay. like oh. blocky dog shit. It's just like, I, I don't know, I'm not versed enough to describe it well, but it's very like boxy and lots of like shiny, chromey squares and stuff. And uh-huh. there's not like a good sense of like the space. It's I don't know. It was popular. Um, So, like, the space stuff, I was like, okay, like, not my favorite visually. Then, after Tokyo blows up uh, again, (laughs) um, then we we kind of go to a very different style, it felt like. Like, it wasn't, it felt different. 
starting with the characters. The character design is like much more expressive, colorful, in a goofy way, but but it was a welcome change of pace. Um, even still, I wasn't loving it in the early going, and the crucial change for me, and is why I give this a, a BB plus, is once it becomes a joke, I think it's much better. Because mm -hmm. at first, all I knew was like, there are these two girls, one of them has super strength, they go to the school, uh, and there develops a competing crush situation, and the object of the crush is like the most Jar Jar Binksy character I have seen in uh -huh. a minute. Like she, she doesn't just get off on the wrong foot at her school. She like is so annoying that the teacher is spitting mad at her in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're just annoying. <laughs> yeah, like, right. like why are you crying? Why are you being so annoying? How old are you? Dog. What the hell's going on? How many times do I have to tell you <laughs> to stop? Like, so what are you doing? She's a virginal innocent who also has cocaine energy. <laughs> like, she just like never stops. Like, ah, ah, I'm gonna look out the window. I do not blame the teacher for whacking her with a newspaper. She's like, what the fuck? In the same way that you don't blame the teacher for whacking her with a newspaper, I don't necessarily blame her for crying in that moment. <laughs> I would cry even if I was, like, a kid that, like, showed up and was being obnoxious as shit. If a teacher hit me with a rolled-up newspaper, I would cry. <laughs> like, I don't blame her for that, but I also think that she is, like, uh, like literally the term... Calm your tits <laughs> has never felt more apt than to speak to this character. <laughs> like, girl, calm your tits. <laughs> but eventually I figured it out and I wrote down the name of another movie that was kind of my, you know, Rosetta Stone to getting it. And it's not a romantic movie, but I wrote down What About Bob? Because basically with the Seiko character... Please elaborate. Yeah. I, <laughs> Please elaborate. I feel... I felt... And until I, it became a joke, I was like, what? Uh, like Richard Dreyfus, the lead character in the Bill Murray comedy What About Bob, where I am the only one who doesn't seem to like this person, and everyone else is like, this is... This is the hottest, greatest woman you could ever imagine. <laughs> I'm like, she is? Like, yes. yes. We'll duel to the death for her. <laughs> Cut to Seiko. No, I made food! <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so, crucial that it becomes a joke. Um, and, and once I got on that wavelength, I, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, I think it's like a comedy of, ex of escalation, kind of. Hmm. Kind of like a, another project movie we covered on the podcast. And sorry, Rob, I do think this is a better movie than Project X. Okay. But <laughs> what? it's the same kind of idea of, like, just, like, escalate, 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 kaboom. Like, it's just taking, like, ramping up a premise to its extreme. And mm. I, I appreciated that. And it's a, it's a very good and fun dissection of tropes, even though I'm still a little unschooled in, in all those anime tropes that it's referencing. I feel but like yeah, you've seen it, sort time. of enough of them at this point that you can at least like I understand the, the gist. I, I, I can get the gist. Yes. Um, but no, no, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I Yay. did. Robbie? I didn't enjoy this movie that much. I don't think it's bad. Um, and I guess the opening, especially with Seiko just going like... <laughs> And I was like, um, 
I had a bit of a, a hangover headache. <laughs> <laughs> it was not Wonderful. the best thing. <laughs> like, God, it's no wonder that Wine Mom Captain like destroyed the whole ship. They were like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. Well, initially you might hit Seiko, and then it was just like, "No, I don't care. I need booze. I need booze, and I don't care if I hit Seiko. <laughs> Fucking everyone's going down." That's just what's You happened. know, being around Seiko is like being around a person who not only won't let you get a word in edgewise, you can't really get a thought in edgewise. <laughs> it's like such a blanket of noise. Yeah, and, and, you know, it wasn't bad. I was just like, oh, okay, so this is this is an anime. This is definitely an anime. But I didn't find <laughs> yeah. it, I didn't find it like, mind-blowing or this and that. I'll give it a B-. minus. Oh, okay. All right, well, at least we're, we're no, all in kind of the no Seikos in this Well, world. given that I've given... I think everything else a B since we've we've re-upped the podcast. You know. A nice B minus co. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> B co minus. <That's> good. <laughs> uh, although, I did, yeah. I, so you're supposed to be a villain, but I have a I have a thing for for ladies with purple hair, so I really kind of liked B co. Oh yeah, B co's super hot. Well, it was great. And, but and also, yeah. I have the question: Why is it called Project Aco? Is it is it Biko's project to Nobody like? Nobody knows. Fuck, well, I thought it was like maybe initially it was Biko is like doing this whole project that takes Eco away from Eco. It's Project Eco. I think I read on Wikipedia that yeah. it's like named after a kung fu movie called Project A. Okay. <laughs> it's like a joke. Okay. That is the goofiest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. I okay, think it's closer solid. to Project Dumbo Drop, but. <laughs> The plot is... I mean, if anything, it's more Project Seiko, because she's, she's the one who exactly. elicits the big government-like, she, she's right. the powerful response. Uh, the In what are way was for? this Project Aiko? It wasn't. It was Project... It was Biko's Project Aiko to get rid of Project it, Yeah, it was Project Biko's Project Seiko to be get Project Aiko. <laughs> Uh, also, I did want to say, and I'm sure Maddie will answer this for me. You guys keep saying it's like, and I want her to be my friend. It's like, I, uh, I, I didn't really look at the competition of sort of allegiances as a friendship kind of thing. I looked at it, it was more like, oh, and I want, I want her to just be with me all the time. It seems more romantic. It's definitely absolutely intended to be romantic. Right. Yeah. That was what Maddie was saying. Is like, there's like this trope of like. Uh, schoolgirls like having these romantic affiliations with each other while they're in school and then once they're grown they go on and like get husbands or whatever yeah. which is I would say and I've been wanting to say this one of the reasons that the joke of like oh Seiko can't cook like is the joke of that is like she'll never catch a husband that way that's the actual joke of why it's funny that she can't cook. Yeah, I guess you'll have to catch a wife. <laughs> She's got two people vying for her already. No, but she, that's not allowed. Yeah, that's not allowed. <laughs> okay, gush away, Maddie. How did you like okay. this movie? I love this movie. It's so dumb. Um, <laughs> but it's supposed to be. Um, I, yeah, I love, I love how tropey it is. I love all of the Looney Tunes stuff in it. Um, you know, not not a ton of anime does Looney Tunes kind of jokes and stuff like Ranma does and this Ranma does, totally does and later on Kill a Kill does. And a lot of people mm -hmm. commented on Kill a Kill doing having sort of Looney Tunes energy. 
And I had forgotten that the precedent for that was this movie. Yep. Also, Biko's outfit is extremely similar to the to Senketsu in Kill La Kill, and uh, Biko's character design is uh, very similar to. Um, yeah, I can't uh, remember her name either. Kiryuin. What's yeah. her first name? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Whatever. The, yeah. We we all know the little it's, the little friend that oh. loves. No, 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 no. B- Biko Biko is the. Some, yeah, no, the little her little friend is yeah. also very similar to Seiko. That's what I was thinking. Is Seiko oh, is then, very friend. But then the student council president, Kiryu, right, who, who is, ends up being spoilers no, for Kill a Kill. No, don't spoil it. But she's very. I can spoil it if I say. Oh yeah, I, I didn't say ahead of time. This is a spoiler full podcast. We but this will is a spoil spoiler for another. Not anime. only this movie, it. but every other movie you could watch. So. Okay. Okay. Fine. But anyway, yeah, the student council president looks a lot like Biko, also. So, yeah. yeah, so she she totally does, and then yeah, like yeah, that's and like the little friend looks like Seiko. Yeah, like, to, and has Seiko an energy. Like, she, it's mostly that she has Seiko energy. Like her yeah. energy is a hundred percent Seiko. Like the like the dumb best friend. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, I love you so much. Never let me part with you. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, and um, you know, as a. As a queer little kid, like, you know, the romance really appealed to me. Um, and having powerful female characters that are centered in a sci-fi fantasy series really appealed to me. That was one of the things that drew me to anime as a little kid, is that, like, oh, Sailor Moon and, like, female superheroes who aren't s- surrounded and drowned out by male characters or put in a secondary position. Like, they are powerful and they are the focus of the story. Um, that's a big reason that I was drawn to anime as a kid. Um, and I, I was so obsessed with this after I saw it on the sci-fi channel. Like I made my mom sew me a sailor fuku and made little armbands like Eiko has out of the tops of socks. And I would wear it every time it was clean, just ran around pretending to be Eiko. Um, and let's see, what else did I want to say? Um... I don't know, it's just funny and silly, and the animation is beautiful. The fight scenes are gorgeous, um, and it's very well constructed. Like, you think, what's this space stuff got to do with these girls fighting? And then it all crashes together yeah. at the end in this really amazing way. And, yeah, I just love it. It just <laughs> makes me so happy. I well, give it an A. Yeah, there was definitely the, what's this space stuff got to do with this? And, and they did tie it together They tied nicely. it all together nicely. Yeah. And the music slaps. <laughs> Joey Carbone. Joey Carbone. Uh, the music was really, like, it, Joey like, it, like shocked me how much I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I remembered all of the songs. I could, yeah, like, Maddie sing along. was singing along, like, the whole time. Whenever <laughs> one of the English songs would come on, Maddie was singing the lyrics, and I was like, yeah, sometimes Japanese anime does have, like, American-sounding, like, English songs. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I also, um, I don't know. Yeah, I like I liked all the gender weirdness in it too. I always have, was, mm. have been drawn to stuff with gender weirdness in it. And watching the dub as a kid, they really sort of like highlighted and made the the aliens being sort of really butch women into more of a joke. And so that was part of why I was so nervous mm. leading up to watching this together. I was like, oh god, is this thing I love transphobic? But in in the Japanese, it's not mentioned. It's just like I I don't know. It's they're they're just butch lady aliens and i don't know if they just wanted 
if they just wanted to have more body diversity or they just were like, we get to draw more tits, yay. Um, yeah. It seems, I mean, like, looking in the background of the people who were making this, like, I think the attitude was just like, let's just put more tits. Yeah. <laughs> more tits. As um, long as we can draw undies in the, like, yeah. fucking yeah. laundry room, then we're good. Someone's yeah. just got a tit salt shaker. It's like, yeah. more. Yeah. Just more tits. More. And, yeah, you know, a little more. Maris, a little more tits. Mari's kind of played as a joke, but also, like, I don't know, by the end, they're all in the big, you yeah. know, pedicab that Mari's driving and everybody's friends and it's all cool. Mari's going to the all-girls school with all yeah, the other girls it's and they cool. just like everyone that got beat up by <laughs> by Aiko is just like let's go save Aiko for some reason. Yeah like, <laughs> yeah so it's all you know it was it was it was pretty all right and you, you know I don't know that's another thing about anime that drew that drew me in and I I have very little understanding about like what the attitudes towards gender norms were in Japan in the 80s but in anime there's a lot of gender weirdness in 80s anime and yeah. and sometimes it's problematic but if that's all you can get a hold of and you have weird gender feelings like hey you know you take what you can get <laughs> yeah and like I I hadn't seen this since I was in high school as I said and like I think we watched the dub um I have very little memories of that but like watching this with the subtitles and just the Japanese like uh, you know you had kind of prepared me for maybe it being like weird gender like maybe a little transphobic and like I didn't feel like that was what was going on at all no like, no I just kind of was like okay that this is cool like she's She's just a real big lady. Yeah. Like, you they, know? In the, in the dub, they make, like, Aiko and some other characters comment on it, I think, mm. because maybe they didn't think that American audiences would understand, would understand that joke, it was yeah. even the same character. Yeah. That, like, D was, that D was the same character as before, after, yeah. you know, taking so, like, off the trench coat. In the, so, in the anime, too, like, uh, so when, um, when Mari is, like, getting ready to fight like she's making really deep gruff fighting sounds like you know fist of the <laughs> stars yeah and then when she speaks she has like a really high-pitched anime voice and then when she's like buffing up again she like goes back to like grunting like fist of the north star and i think that's kind of the joke and it's like i didn't feel particularly offended by that like i was just like okay i get I get that she looks like she's Fist of the North Star, but she's actually, like, a Japanese schoolgirl. Yeah. Like, they just wanted to make Fist of, the, J Fist of the North Star jokes in an all-girls school anime, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, and, like, I guess, you know, maybe someone could have some criticism of that. I, they I, I certainly, certainly could. I don't yes. necessarily feel that way. I was just like, okay, that joke barely scans, but I get it. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody else. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Who knows? It was confusing to it first, and then, like, I was like, okay, I think I get what's going on here. Yeah. Like, she's just a Japanese schoolgirl, and it's just this of the North Star, other than that, like, when she's not yeah. talking. Yeah. <laughs> well, th okay, there's, okay. there's much to be said, and there's much more that we can talk about, but uh, why don't we run away and do understudy, and then come back and do uh, what's it all about? Okay. Yep. Sure. Okay. So hopefully Rob is not too quiet with his guitar sitting in there, but we'll see how this goes. Here we are. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies, and to be honest, 
They're probably more famous anyway So try to catch the actors Try to guess the movies Tweet us at C-A-R-N-Y Couch This game called Understudy Is happening, happening, happening Right now So, let's calm ourselves down with a hot drink Ponyo, will you hold the light for me? Coming! Okay, who wants to bet that the water is working? I do, huh? I do! Water! Water! We have our own water tank outside in the yard. Uh, oh wait, sorry. <laughs> we have our own water tank outside in the yard, huh? Yes, quite right, what I was going to say. <laughs> and who thinks the stir will, will, will light? And light! All right. All right. We have our own propane tank. Okay. Let's all sit at the table. Okay. Okay. Ponyo, the table's over here. Now sit down like this. Now put your stuff down. You need to use your hands, huh? No, I think I'll use feet. Look at that. Uh, what are you guys doing? Look at her feet. They're just like hands. Uh-huh. Uh, here you go. It's hot. This is the best. Mmm. Oh, that hit the spots. Point so, your wants. And so. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's, it's all right. You're my son. What would the two of you like to do now? Point your wants ham. All she thinks about is ham, Mom. I'd better make some dinner, then. First, we should start the generator so we can call Koichi. That's my dad. We need power to talk to him on the radio. He's out at sea right now, but he'll be fine. <laughs> is, uh, is he still an evil wizard? No, of course not. He's the captain of the ship. So, Ponyo, what's your dad like? Uh, he hates humans. Uh, he keeps me in a bubble, so uh, I, I swim away from him. Huh? So what, what's your mother like then? She's big and beautiful, but she can be very scary. Just like my mom, huh? Now What's your dad like? <laughs> I want to read that, that dad. dad. So that was understudy, everybody. Uh, hopefully, you could hear the, the song that describes it. But essentially, we we did a scene from a movie that's not this one, and then we did characters uh, or actors from uh, a movie that's not that one. Uh, or a TV show. Especially with with animated stuff, I I feel like, and also we just done so many of them mm -hmm. like this is episode 70 and uh so <laughs> we've tried to do different impressions that many times i think at this point we're down to doing impressions of characters i agree that could yeah. that could very much be what's going on it's up to you guys to guess and tweet us at carney couch c-a-r-n-y-c-o-u-c-h and uh then if you get it right uh, we'll do a movie of your choosing so either guess the movie or guess what voice we were doing. Well, as Teddy Roosevelt once said about his daughter Alice, uh, I can either be on Carnivorous Couch or I can do uh, the 
understudy. Understudy. I cannot do both. Cannot possibly do both. Teddy Roosevelt said that. Teddy Roosevelt said that. Is that is so? I can either run the so nobody should try to guess what voice you were doing because you weren't doing one. Is yeah, that what you're I trying will, to boil it down? I will, be, down I will to? be on the podcast or I will do understudy. What did Teddy Roosevelt sound like? <laughs> Bully! You know, like that. Like, he just was a burr, I really care about animals, but I would like to kill some occasionally every four years. Yes, get the Rump Riders. He really wanted to get on an airplane once, as what I, what I have come to, like, understand. It's like he was really, really into riding airplanes later in his life. They did exist. I thought I thought you were going to tell me that he was like trying to shoot animals from the airplane. Oh, if anyone had told him that he could do that, I'm sure he would want to, but it probably did not cross his mind mm. because airplanes were fucking terrifying then. Yeah, and also people typically shoot animals from helicopters. It's a lot easier. Oh, if he could have had access to that, I'm sure he would have done it, but probably. he would have made it so that you could only do it like every so often. Yeah. No, I'm of course referring to the feral pig problem in in uh, Texas and they they do just have helicopter tours where they just for conservation they have to mow down yeah, tons well, of feral well, pigs. You know, well, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt probably would have been a little yeah, bit. He, he would have been down with conservation. <laughs> Let's conservation. Yeah, that kind of conservation. <laughs> yeah. Like conservation. Yeah. I I hope this doesn't stay on the podcast. <laughs> probably will. All right, leave it in. Yeah, it'll be here. Um, <laughs> I do minimal editing. <laughs> well, that's why we're doing this live. In all fact, right, you right, could be right. listening live. live. Are you listening right now? Okay. Uh, that's kind of creepy. I don't want to. At any rate. <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening now? Um, the next segment is called What's It? What's It? What's It All About? Someday I'll record a sting for that that I can play I back way too quietly. I thought you had a sting for that. Nope. No, it's just us going, What's It All About? What's It's it the all original about? doing okay. it live. <laughs> yeah. So I can just yell it and like, What's It All About? Well, like, what do you tell us? At the end of what's the show? It All About, Tess? Please don't make that your drop, I beg you. <laughs> I was actually planning on just going back through all the podcasts where we've done it and make a mashup of all the times we introduced it. So, yeah, that'll be in there. That is part of it, and it will happen. This is empty anyway. Uh, it needs charge. Okay. So, anybody want to say what it's all, it's all about? It's all about salsa. It's all about salsa. Salsa, salsa, salsa about. I don't know. It's all about making some money off an anime movie. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's the animation silly. couldn't be that good if it was just about a cash grab. I think we pointed this out... This looks like a labor of love to me. Although, yeah. with a character moment, I think points out what it's all about. Where basically the guy, the, you know, D, um, who's been a shadowy person standing in the street trying to observe what's happening... And every morning he gets blown over by Aiko. And finally he's like, all right, I was being stupid. I've been standing in the street and the same fucking thing keeps happening to me. I'm just going to stand to the side and it'll all be cool. And the same thing happens to him. That, to me, is the movie in a nutshell. It's about tropes that get repeated in an art form, specifically anime. And kind of like skewering them while also being loving about them. Um... Where it's basically, and I'd even argue this is what the ending is about. Because what we, what we didn't say is, at the end, this spaceship crashes onto this weird 
dangerous looking, I would never go in it, Tower of Babel structure, and just kind of perches there. And the takeaway, the last shot is like, they're doing their fight at the school gate again. It's just like, yeah, we're doing it again. Um, but that's a good thing. Like, it, it kind of frames it as like, well, it, fighting for, for what you love is good, even if it's repetitive and absurd. And so I think that's what the movie's about. It's being loving and mocking of repeated anime tropes. It's like, yep, yeah, we're doing it again. And even if you try to change it, fuck you. Aiko is still going to blow your ass into the sky, and you're going to show up in a sling the next day. Look at you. It I'm, cannot be changed. Uh, I'm glad you came up with something. That, that was, was deeply I tried. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that thanks, was great. Guys. You are a special Damn. man. You are a special man, Brady. Uh, I nominate Brady for president of Anime Club. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I will step down. <laughs> so, so my my what's no. it all about was going to be uh, a little simpler, and it was just that. Well, um, destruction is caused by petty fighting over uh, you know silly childhood things in the past, right? There's this whole thing where it's like, I want you to be my friend. No, I want you to be my friend. And it's a big thing. And it's kind of, as you said, much uh, mirrored in the larger world where they're like, oh, okay, we're trying to do X, Y, and Z, and uh, it's worth killing over and blah, blah, blah. Given its time, you know, the time of its making, do you read any Cold War stuff into it? Well, Was Japan involved uh, in the Cold War much? No, but but I mean, they they got the first taste of well, what drove everybody the Cold War. was terrified, regardless of whether or not you were one of the countries doing it. That we would blow up the so, world. So that is that is like has been a part of of Japanese uh, media like for a long time. I I would argue even before World War Two, but like especially after World War Two, it's yeah. not uncommon to see like large explosions be like the central focal point of the beginning or the middle or the end of like an anime like this so that that's kind of it's not so much cold war as i would argue it's like reminiscent of world war Two and the the mm -hmm. trauma that the the country experienced yeah and there's a bit of that just with like uh the idea of these two people fighting and this and this and that and then there's these uh explosions and like buildings just getting ravaged and blah 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 you know that sort of animation hyperbole which in this case I guess happened to be diegetic and part of the actual film that was the, that was one of the questions that I had was like so wait is when it's all smoky when she's running real fast and everything is that real or is that just for us going like oh, it's ah, real. It's yeah real. It's, it's, it's when it like wasn't movie, until it, yeah, three quarters of the way through that I was like oh it's real it's Looney Tunes it's real yeah well in Looney Tunes though it wasn't like, the smoke kicked up by the Roadrunner didn't really cause any actual damage or whatever, or crashing through a building or... But, like, but it was fixed the next day, so it's Looney Tunes in that way. Like, yes, it actually happened, but also it's fixed tomorrow. And yeah. there's, like, not that many consequences. Yeah. yeah exactly. No, I understand. I understand it's a reminder that, that it's good you that Wiley, Coyote, and Roadrunner lived in the desert and not in the city. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could've but, like, I could bad. see Aiko painting, like, you know, a fake tunnel on a wall and um, <laughs> Biko run into it. No, the other way around. Or, or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Biko would paint, would be like, I'm going to get you, yeah. Aiko, and then draw the tunnel. And but then, then she would actually go through the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> no, Aiko would like just a... crash through the wall and it would have no effect. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But like instead of like it turning into a real tunnel, she yeah. would just tunnel through the wall. <laughs> yeah. 
and be like, that seemed normal to me. <laughs> well, so at any rate, my, my point on the, the what's it all about, that particular added sort of effect is uh, reminiscent of just destruction caused by a larger conflict outside of, uh, you know, a, a Co and B Co's <laughs> conflict is definitely causing some shit. Um, definitely. In the world at large, when it's just like, we don't know anything about your kindergarten battle, and so forth. So. Yeah. The film kind of makes a joke of that, where it's like, you're doing this, like, mirror thing with the space thing and then the just you know very intimate fight over a crush and you're like oh shit these are going to come to a head like what's this spaceship battle going to do to these like two girls fighting over someone they have affection for and instead it's like they fuck up the spaceship like they're the immovable object <laughs> that fucks yeah, everything up that's so great it's really funny so yeah. one of the things that like i thought like seemed pretty obvious to me but like I don't know like maybe this was even before Sailor Moon like when did Sailor Moon come this out? is well before Sailor this Moon. is well before Sailor Moon okay so that makes this even weirder is that like the princess costume that they dress Seiko up in like just reminds me so much of like the princess serenity gown but like pinker and girlier that I was just like, okay, so like this is like the signifier of a princess like a space princess just wears whatever that is well that i mean that that style of dress is called a princess cut dress so or like empire and the empire the, the empire waist, waist yeah cut, like or yeah but it reminded know. me so much of that that i was like okay so is there something that goes even further back that this is referencing because like it reminded me so much of sailor moon and i was like i think sailor moon came out like 993 like 92. Th th this it doesn't quite scan but it looks so much like it that like is it referencing like i don't know cutie honey like what what could what could it like it has to be referencing something I it didn't invent just, this i think it's just like referencing like princess tropes throughout media okay um and the sailor moon princess serenity dress is like actually specifically a copy of a designer gown okay that's um, interesting naoko Takeuchi did a lot of copying high fashion onto her characters i'm surprised nice. she never got sued wow <laughs> but you can't get sued for just putting it in your manga right i guess not i guess not um like although, if you're drawing the characters wearing the clothes like that's not copyright infringement no that's yeah just they're the characters are wearing the clothes you just paint. Mm -hmm. yeah so maybe they can afford it <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And copyright laws are different in Japan, too. That's true. So, um, yeah, I don't know where the princess or any dress comes from other than it just looking princessy to have an empire waist and it being copied directly from. Okay. I forget who the designer was, but it's very, very famous fashion designer who designed that dress. All right. That's fair. It just, like, everything else was, like, a send-up of anime tropes. I assumed the dress must be, too. Hmm. <laughs> no, and that's, yeah, when you ask what it's all about, like, it is just, like, a loving deconstruction of anime tropes. It's a it's a love letter to anime as a genre, which yeah, is kind of like great. Yeah, like, all the little mouth faces, they use all of those. Like, oh, man! Not, one of my favorite jokes in this was, like, describe, when, like, uh, Biko is, like, like half a watermelon. thinking yeah. fondly about about Seiko uh, and like the first two frames of like the fondness are like just her like with big mouth anime face like meme face anime mouth right <laughs> like I was like in stitches 
during that part. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't describe this on a podcast. Like, I don't know, look up, like, Mean Face Anime Mouth, and you'll, like, have, like, yeah, an understanding. Yeah, if you watch any anime, you know exactly which one she's talking about. It's like, about. she's just like, oh, she's perfect, she's a princess, and it's yeah. like, she's just like, Now, and I love how rubber-facey everybody in this is. I feel like a lot of current anime, the faces have lost a lot of expression for some reason. Like, nobody pulls a big, crazy, like, off-model cartoon face anymore in most anime that I tend to watch. And Uh, I I miss that. I miss that. new anime since, like, Kill the Kill, I would say, but, like... And that definitely had the off-model face thing. And like, it sure did. Some shows still do it a little bit, but it's not as prevalent. People just have their pretty anime faces that don't move as much. And I'm like, I miss the rubber face. I miss, like... The, the super deformed, as they yeah, call it. And, like, yeah. that kind of stuff. The yeah. crazy cartoon faces. It does... I mean, it does still happen. I don't want to... And I don't watch enough anime to know for sure. Maybe I'm just sure watching don't. the wrong anime. I do watch more anime than you, though. You do. Um, but, yeah, I think Kill a Kill was the last one that I watched in full, and, like, that had that. But, well, like, but that's because... That was also, like, a really goofy one. Yeah, that one had more purposefully, of those throwback tropes. Purposefully silly with, like, insane tropes. But, yeah, I love it. And I just... I, <laughs> I, do, I do love it all being centered around like interpersonal girl friendships and yeah that that's the most powerful driving force even though everything is explodey spaceships around yeah, it and i always get bored when there's explodey spaceships i like <laughs> the explodey spaceships while we were watching it tess like was i was complaining about my eye my eye has been bothering me and i was like oh reading all these subtitles i i, I ah. um I told you you could basically go to sleep. Yeah, she was fun. like, you can close your eyes during the big space battle. And I was like, no, I'm the one who likes big space battles, Tess. Yeah. I want to watch the robots That's fight. That's why I never got into <laughs> Evangelion. I want to watch the robots love. Yeah. No, giant robots shouldn't fight. No, <laughs> giant robots shouldn't fight. No, you should, yeah. you should just be That's together and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to Barry White music together. <laughs> You know, two robots go to the Madonna Inn. That would be something Ooh. I'd watch. <laughs> oh, I hope they get the... Uh, what, the Flintstone the, No, no! The best one, the best room in the entire place to me looks like it's the uh, Little Abner room. Uh, what, what one is that? Uh, I can't... Like, it's named after a character whose name Little I can't Abner. remember. It's got no rocks one's ever, in it. Little Abner is old. Yeah. My dad likes Little Abner. The rooms all have stained glass windows and stuff, and so there okay. are stained glass windows of Lil Abner characters, and oh, okay. there are rocks and, you know, Madonna yeah, and her and name's stuff. like Sally May or something like that, but it's, like, not that. Wait, like what, an- what's the setting of Lil Abner? Is it, like, in the woods or something? They're just hillbillies, but it was, okay. like, he was, like, a satirical about it, so he would, like, try and give people, like, a different view of what hillbillies were. Ah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, for those of you hearing that skittering, it's, uh, we opened the door so it could be cooler in here, which has helped, but also the, the dog. dog came the in dog. and wants us to throw the ball, so that's just her. She's very insistent. Yeah, very. Um, do you guys want to do... <laughs> she didn't really like 
the movie at all. No. No, didn't pay attention to it one yeah, bit. Yeah, Clara didn't like it. She thought we should have been throwing the ball for her instead. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to uh, play Balco. Metacritic? Yeah. Metacritical? Let's do it. Okay. Right. I, I, I mean, I don't want to cut you off if we had un- any more on what's it all about. I feel like I didn't have much more to say. Okay, cool. We'll take a short break and then we'll play Metacritical right after this. Metacritical Rob's never gonna win Metacritical Brady's the victor again So it's time to play I'm gonna lose today Metacritical Yeah, it's time Time to play I mean, actually, I was thinking that we could play plot lines again sometime if we've got this many people but at any rate, we're playing Metacritical, Metacritical. It's where we try to guess the Metacritic score of a given movie, and then everyone guesses. And, uh, you know, we sum up after doing five movies. The total scores, and whoever's got the lowest one, kind of like golf rules. They, they do good. They golf win. Golf rules, golf rules. My other thought is I could feed you eight shots and make you try to guess scores from obscure movies again. That sounds like a terrible idea. It, no, it was. Uh, and yes, and if you look back upon our feed, uh, you will find a bonus material, which is just Rob being very drunk and not being able to freaking do that shit. And me being like, Rob, how dare you not know the score to Beasts of the Southern Wild? Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic Park. All right, let's uh, not do that. Okay. So, um... Let's have Brady pick the first one because no, actually let's let's have Maddie pick the first one since she uh, introduced us to the wonderful Project Echo. <laughs> okay, it was wonderful. I think yeah. we all enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah, to to one degree or another, we all did. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, how about did I did I do the Utna movie last time? I don't, no, I don't think, think so. so. Okay. But I think you might have a hard time finding it. It might not be on Metacritic, but we can try. We can give it a try. Try. Let's give it a try. A try. So, Adolescence Apocalypse, Revolutionary Girl Utena the movie. Yeah, yo. Okay. All right, so what score do you think it got? I think it got a 72. I would give it 100 because it's the best movie of all time. But. I th- think that based on the people that would be reviewing this, we're going to be looking at a 92. Oh, wow. If it's on there, which I don't think it is. Uh, so you're guessing low amount of reviews, passionate response from mm-hmm. whoever did yeah, it. Yeah. Interesting strategy. Thought. I'm going to go 70. I'll go with um, 86. Let's see. That's so it's just, it would just be Revolutionary 90. Girl. I think I said Utna. 92. Does it 92 or 82? It doesn't matter. 92. Sorry, Rob, would you repeat yours again, too? 86. 86. Revolutionary Girl. Utena. No results found. Yeah, I didn't think it was on there. Okay. Why don't you God. give it another shot, Maddie? Okay. And also, what we should do is whoever picks the movie, the person to the right of them, which in this case would be Tess, will guess first. Person yeah. to the right of her, Brady. Just so you guys who are listening can visualize it. Uh, that's how that rolls. Okay, what's another movie? All the, uh... Uh, True Stories, the Talking Heads movie. Alright. I think it got a 90. That 
might be in there. It's possible. Yeah, it's probably in there. It's possible. Uh, I'm gonna say 89. Brady? Uh, let me go with 79. I'm gonna go with 86. <laughs> Alright. Just like before. Okay. So. Give me that little blinky doohickey. True stories. Honey. Hand me the blinky doohickey. Thank you. You're not honey, but thank you. <laughs> okay. True stories from 1986. Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Make sure it's movie details and credits. Starring blah blah blah. Uh, director David Byrne. Okay, yes, that's the right that's the one. That's the one. It's 67. Holy cow! That's terrible. It's such a good movie. Why would it be so low? It's one of I my mean, favorite movies. I know it's movies. not. I, I was counting on my passionate response thing. Yeah. Because those dicks at Metacritic don't like David Byrne. No, it's Everyone so likes David Byrne. I know, everyone should like David Byrne. It should be totally fine and understood that David Byrne's really cute. John Goodman singing and being adorable. That's kind of incredible. Okay, so Brady wins by voting the lowest, but he still wasn't low enough, which is insane to me. Yeah. I think that's a great move. Like, when Brady counted, like, said his low, like, low ball number, I was like, okay, he's probably going to be spot on. But it was lower than Weird. No okay. accounting for taste. So, it's your, so it's your to, pick yeah, next, I need, to, I need to pick next. Um... Okay, so I'm going to pick, because I've been thinking about it a lot with watching the anime, uh, let's do um, Spirited Away. I think Spirited Away has a really high number. I'm going to say 90. Okay. I think it's even higher than that. I'm going to say like a 90. Shit, I'm going to go like 98. Oh, wow. Wow, that's like a never before on this that website. That is a very well reviewed movie. Yeah, I know, mm -hmm. which is why I went 90. Yeah, Spirit Away, I'm thinking 82. I'm going to say. But it has a lot of reviews. I'm going to say 89. Okay. Great, you got it all written down there, scorekeeper. He's got it written down. I do. All right, Spirit Away. Let's take a look. Spirited. I'm trying to fill the silence while I type. Why does your screen look like a fucking uh, virtual boy right now, Rob? It's getting dark outside, so it's a nightmare. It looks like a virtual boy, and it's giving me a migraine just turning my head towards okay, it. I'll fix it in a second, but at the moment I have to be able look to away. Are you going to play tennis on there, Mario Tennis? 96. Ooh. Oh, Rob na or Brady nailed it. Uh, Almost. Almost. He didn't. He didn't get it exactly, which I think I'm is a like a, a five plus bonus or Correct. something. Yeah. Okay. I remember these rules. Oh god damn it! Brady's already winning by like. Maddie 30. did well too. I did pretty good. I'm only off by six. Yeah. Oh yeah. You did. Yeah. Yeah. No one got blown out by that one. Your fucking screen is making me like. Okay, I, my I turn. It much, it's much making me feel own. like I am in a blockbuster in 1996. Is that better? Now it's white. Yes, that's much better. Okay, okay this one this is a very famous movie, celebrated movie, but it's old. Okay. So we're going to give this a shot. 
I'm gonna say girl coming of age film with some fantastic elements. Uh, Spirit of the Beehive from Spain. What the fuck fuck movie is this? You watched it with me. You watched part of it and fell asleep with me. Is this the one where the girl is really into the... um, (laughs) It's about a little girl... Who gets obsessed with the uh, fucking... That one movie. She goes and sees Frankenstein where Frankenstein kills a girl about her age and she gets death obsessed. Oh, and okay. she's in Franco's Spain. So what do you think? Oh, it, I remember. What, do you, yeah, what yeah. score do you think this got if it's well, on it there? It would be my guess first. It would. I'm last. No, actually. I thought because he said it. No, he, that's how. The, no, no, no. This is how we've been playing no. up until this point. It's how we played for the first thing, and then I corrected it and said, "So since Maddie, you're saying the movie test guesses first, and that's how we did." Yeah. And I okay. Well, I fucked up. I fucked up the rules, but I feel like we should. Okay. Whatever. Whatever move you guys want to do. I mean, it. I guess it really doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter, and this is a boring topic of conversation. Let's go. Let's do it. Because I fucked up the rules. Okay. (laughs) People are getting angry. I think. I'm not angry. I'm just like I fucked up the rules. Yeah, I want pizza. Yeah, people. Just let's let this move along. I want pizza. Yeah, move on. Let's do it. All right, go ahead. Okay. What the hell's the name of the movie? Spirit of the Beehive. Spirit of the Beehive. I don't think it's going to be in Metacritic, but I think when it is, mm. it'll be in 92. Um, it's my turn. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I have no clue. I'm going to just give it a C in 75, because I uh, don't know. I have seen it. I don't think it's going to be on Metacritic, but if it is, uh, I'm going to go 91. And Brady, what do you think? I'll go with a 90. Where? I'll hold you all in suspense because beehive's probably one word. Oh, yeah, it is. It is green at 87. Oh. Holy cow. That's a five. We were all under. That's pretty good. I'm pretty good at the five. Yeah, good job, bro. I'm pretty good at the five. All right, so I can. You say 87? 87 is the actual one. I said, um... You get a 5, Tess gets a 4, I get an 8. So... Maddie gets a 12. I'm actually... No, I'm going to harp on this over and over again this episode. 2007's No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, Brady's going to know that one. Do you know it off the top of your head, Brady? Yes, he does, but doesn't no, it's, matter. No, it's been too long for me to... I know it's very high. It doesn't it's... matter. Just don't even give anyone clues. Just Maddie, Maddie what do you what think? what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I get... Uh, I get... Uh, 92. 94. 97. Grr. How do you make the wharf crowd? I disapprove of that. 90. Yeah, good. I'm going to say it's 90. Nine, couldn't be more than 90. Couldn't be more than 90. That, that film lacks honor. <laughs> These are all terrible work. <laughs> I know, they're all bad. But I said something about honor that makes mine better than it's yours. It's true. The answer yeah. is 91. 91, okay. 
I went a little Only high. off by like three. Woo! You're Only up. off by one. I should have got the five point deduction. I would be back in this game. Oh, but I'm still short about eight. You guys are doing well here. Yeah. Yeah. We're all picking that's, bullseyes. That's how you get it. All right. Uh, Maddie gets to pick the last movie. Where do we and stand? And then I get to pick the score. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we stand, we Brady? Fu I fucked up. Where do we stand uh, currently? Oh, all right. Hold on. Let me add. You guys want okay, to all you know your the, scores? You do the adding while yeah. Maddie is picking her movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Before you say the movie out loud, Maddie, uh, we're going to see where we stand. And then we'll be like, okay, so this, this, these people are just, we're all neck and neck. <laughs> and it'll be suspenseful. Okay. Yeah, building suspense. And, and you're thinking of a movie. Okay. Right? Okay. Sure. Cool. I'm thinking, I'm thinking real hard during this dead air about what movie. <laughs> but also try and consider one that might exist on this website because we've had two dead so far. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, this is actually <laughs> as close as I've seen. Oh. Um, I am in the lead with a 28, but yeah. Rob has, or no, Tess has a 35, Rob has a 39, Maddie has a 43. So any of you could conceivably. So you got to pick something. Get him, that, get him, get him. We're going to beat Brady by at least nine. Yeah, oh boy. You have to beat Brady. Okay, I'm going to say the Philadelphia story. Ooh. Oh, wow. Never seen that. Never seen. Um, well, we all know it's I think high. people like it's it. It's gonna be hard to get a spread I'm gonna here where say out a bunch. that it has an 88. Who brought their phone in here? That's probably mine. It could be me. <laughs> okay, with so the pizza. then I'm gonna say that it has. Um, I'm going to say it has a 90. Okay. I got to bet. Get, <laughs> I got to guess nine away from Brady and hit a bullseye. Mm. Or four away from Brady and hit a bullseye. So I'm going to say 94. All right. Um, I'm going to say I think it has a 96. Okay. Well, let's see. It's let's see what it is. on there. So let's the see what Phil we got. Adele. God damn, I cannot type <laughs> Philadelphia. How do you spell Philadelphia? With a PH. Philadelphia. Flaps. PHIL. A D. A D. A. Do we have any listeners in Philadelphia? Yeah. There it is. Yeah. The answer is what? Crabby. Dead air. Dead I air. I on it. it. It's fucking 66. <laughs> what? Holy Wait, that's cow. Philadelphia. The Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, it's we the want Philadelphia, Philadelphia story oh, with, oh. Catherine Philadelphia. Hep oh. with Catherine oh. Hepburn <laughs> and Cary Grant. Jeez. <laughs> Incredible. To be honest, I was betting on Philadelphia. You were oh, no. thinking of Philadelphia? <laughs> yes. That's incredible. You should know that that movie is not on my no radar one, as much as Philadelphia Story. No I made you watch that. Philadelphia Story with me, and you and your sister both fell asleep. And and I I have watched it many a time. But it tell me it's on here. Like it's it got to be. It's a classic. But it keeps fucking 
doing that shit. Look, yeah. Okay, up, everyone scores and... just go towards Philadelphia. No. <laughs> I would have done it. Um, Rob thought he was reviewing Philadelphia, <laughs> which he thought was way better than it is. Yeah, apparently. Well, the answer is 96. I got <gasps> it. I got oh my gosh, she nailed it! Bullseye! Well, I did 94 to be four away she from did, Brady right? to get the dead on. Maddie got it. But you're six, yeah, you hold on, six hold away on from now. Brady and dead on, so you get a five-point deduction. I think Maddie fucking br crushed Brady's streak here. The problem is Maddie was furthest away in the standings, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll I, did, see. I didn't do very well up to this four, point. Well, he's doing the points. maths. Let's uh, have a chat about... All wait, right, why did you on. think that Philadelphia's story and Philadelphia were the same thing? <laughs> because they both have the word Philadelphia in <laughs> I will have you know that I, they yeah, both... I will have you know. Somebody said Philadelphia and I went... That oh, they both have Philadelphia my, my brain just and went, then case closed, There are sir. two movies that that could possibly be. One is Philadelphia with Tom Hanks and all that stuff. And the other one is Fences. Oh. Now you're lucky I didn't search for Fences. I have not seen Fences, actually. But I made but you I think watch I the Philadelphia story with me. And I have watched the Philadelphia story many times. I'm very aware of this movie. Okay. It, he, you I, even saw it many times and you were actually, like, yeah, Philadelphia, that sounds about right. you to Yoshi's? Uh-huh. It's because I won those tickets when somebody asked a question on the radio. That said, so what close. movie stars Jimmy Stewart, Catherine Hepburn, and Cary Grant from 1920? Wait, Yoshi, oh, yeah. Yoshi's in Santa Cruz? Yoshi's in San Francisco, the jazz club. I oh. No, we went day. to the Oakland one. Or, yeah. There's one in there's Oakland one and in one in San Francisco. We went there's to the a Oakland a one. really one fancy one. sushi place in but Santa Cruz. I won Cruz. those tickets by mm, answering that Yoshi's. trivia question. Oh, okay. No wonder I'm with you. <laughs> All right, kids. Yeah. All right, All right, let's uh, hear the scores. This was a, a real squeaker. I'm going not to, you know, not to make anyone feel bad, but I'm going to go fourth to first here just to make oh it, boy. you know, drum, drum rolling. Roll. I think you should go fifth to first. What's Clara's? <laughs> Clara. Clara's score is ball. <laughs> yeah, and Pogue's score is no thoughts at empty. <laughs> so in fifth place with the score of ball, Clara. Clara. Um, in sixth with an empty head, Pogue. And fourth, with a score of 43, Tess. <gasps> yeah, I know. It's weird. You were actually heading into this oh, in second. I always come, I start really well and then just like fucking. No, this was just Last time you just missed close. on one and you were Yeah, and I was way else. long. Okay, yeah. in third, with a score of 41, Rob. <laughs> in second. <laughs> With a score of 38, Maddie. Oh. God damn it. And only four away from my score of 34. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> this was so close. I made it critical. So close. Rob's never going to win. I made it critical. <laughs> Wait, no. Bitch. What's going on? I'm hitting all the wrong buttons. Fuck you. So close. God damn it! <laughs> Brady. For those of you listening at home who cannot see this, Tess is throttling her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I only do this in very specific situations. 
Okay, so now here comes the, the part of the show, the part of the show, the part of the show where we pick next week's show. Oh, one more word on this, though, because I, okay, I, yes, I didn't more think... More words to this, this, is, this is not a, a deep-diving point. It's just an observation. But I didn't think about it until the movie ended. These are kind of like... They're classic archetypes of like high school fiction because it's really jock versus nerd, right? You've got a super-powered person who's quasi-invincible... Um, and then you've got this other person who's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm so smart. I'm the perfect student. I build crazy robot inventions. I should have this person. Hmm. I sense a bit of the entitled smart guy persona. There is a little bit of that, like, like, just like, and I, I, I did find myself actually thinking about that while we were watching it. It's like, if there were like gender roles to be played here, like... Uh, Biko would definitely be like the entitled jock boy. Not entitled jock, I'd say entitled like smart guy. Or just like the I'm the nice guy yeah. character, like if anything. Like, but like it's not, it's not like Biko's it is. the good it is, student. It is very distinctly not that because they are all girls, and you are forced to like look at it in that way. Of course, it's it's skewed through a different prism. It's, it's interesting though because yeah, Biko Biko's got lots of money and she's super smart. Um, and so, like the the like, the like nerd thing doesn't scan yeah. exactly the same here as it does in Japan. Because I think, yeah, like in in Japan, you can. She's yeah. also the like head mean girl. Mm-hmm. So like, she's, she's also like the prep. Yeah, she's way. like yeah. the popular preppy mean girl. I would girl, say that's more. But she's also rich. Thing. But and she's also like a tech whiz. So like she's doing she's doing a lot of extra heavy lifting on the on the trope school trope thing. But yeah, I mean. Aiko's totally like a himbo. Yeah, they never go to class. (laughs) Totally. uh, And then yeah, Seiko's just the like the ditzy girl who somehow, like I don't know, fails her way through everything perfectly to success. Yeah, falls back backwards into success. (laughs) Yeah, and is a secret princess. You're in a place in Guy Fieri's kitchen. Good. Yeah, anyway, okay. Good. I don't think we've had talks about the show like this, like late in the podcast, but cool, good. We I'm often so do a return from Metacritic. Yeah, we, we kind of do final thoughts. points or whatnot. Oh, are we, are we doing final points? That's par for the I, course. Well, I just thought we'd covered it, so I didn't bring it up. So, But then Brady said, I have a final point. And I it? said, okay, fine, we won't pick the movie net. We'll do final points. And we're, uh, yeah, if you got more stuff to talk All about, right. please do. Anybody got a final point other than Brady? Uh. I love it. <laughs> you should watch it. It's good. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so, wait, do people have ideas of the movie we should do next week? Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Spit it out, Junior. Willard. Willard Scott? Oh, is the pizza here? Hold on, let me check. Okay. We can talk about other movies while you go get the pizza. Yeah, uh, food is important. Shit away. No. Wait. You don't need to turn it off. I just don't want it to like. Well, it's all it's all good. It's all good. Um, so Willard, she says, I don't know what that is, but uh, if anybody else knows about it, a rat guy. Where's my phone? A guy with a bunch of rats. At any rate, she's handling that, and there's a bunch of shit going on in the background. I want to nominate No Country for Old Men. Ooh, I love that movie. It's a great movie, and I think we could have, like, uh, 
maybe Grando on to do it if we wanted to. Oh, that would be cool. And so that would be very neat and very cool. Maddie, do you possibly have any kind of movie that you might want to do? Do I have a movie I want to do? The Philadelphia Story. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Nice. And, and also, it's it's not said that like you have to be here for it. You know, okay. Like, you're you're a guest, and uh, we very much liked doing Project Echo. Yeah. But also, I know you were stressed out about possibly doing Project Echo. So mm, you know, you don't you don't have to. But okay. what an eclectic game of Philadelphia movie Story. Is, yeah, I Willard Philadelphia Story and No Country for Old Men. Brady, what do you think? Okay, um, okay, wait, I have to pick the right one. I'm going to lean in the same direction as Tess here, which is to say that we're coming up on Halloween, and maybe I should pick a spooky one, or, you know, a horror of sorts. Um, so I'm going to submit Nicholas Rogue, a, a British director I love. Oops, sorry, touched my mic. Um, his uh, horror movie classic, his spooky classic, Don't Look Now, Starring Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie, uh, a movie that is very dear to my heart and fits the season. I want to change mine because I have a Halloween one. Well, we don't only have to pitch too, so go ahead and pitch another one. Okay. This, this this whole part of the podcast is we just do random shit and then somehow we come up with the okay. movie that we're doing I, and it never I makes any sense. I want to I want us to watch Houseu. Oh, Houseu, that's the one with the big like fire god thing and. No, no, it's the one, remember when we were in Hawaii a gajillion years ago and it was on the TV? Yeah, but and the cover of it is a, a, basically a flame. Oh, it's the, like about a scary house, though. I know, but for some reason, they did some high-concept marketing where they were just like, the picture of this like little oh, like fireball a, thing, Okay. and it represents Hausu everywhere. Yeah. I mean, okay. it looks like a weird Cheshire like, cat. If you guys yeah, babble like a little a bit, I'll pull it up cat. for you. Yeah. No, 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 I know what you're about. talking we about. Know, it know. looks like a Cheshire cat more than like a fire. I didn't think fire god. I was like, what? Um, fire god. But yeah, no, that, that movie. Cool, okay. That, that thing. This. This that none of the listeners right, can see. Well, that so this is, is, I would argue, four scary movies. Cool. Well, No Country for Old Men. I mean, Javier Bardem is creepy as fuck in that movie. But oh, that movie's scary to me. I think. Yeah. Well, I've always, I've always liked it, and I just thought it would be a good one to try to bring a guest on, and and this and that, and blah blah blah. But what was the other one that you suggested before Houseu? Uh, Philadelphia Story. Ah, yes, Philadelphia Story, Houseu. Uh, um, Willard and Don't Look Now and No Country for Old Men why don't you pick another one Brady pick another one okay yes um, because I was listening to Elliot Smith earlier I'm gonna pick Gus Van Sant's don't Paranoid Park his <laughs> <laughs> shot for shot remake actually alright oh don't you Paranoid say Paranoid Park well because <laughs> Do I know what you're going to say? I think no, I don't think you do, but you mentioned uh, that, and I... Yeah, Goodwill Hunting, Elliot Smith and Gus Van Sant, right? Oh, sure, yeah. There we go. I've con okay, so we've got your two, and we've got your two, and we've got my two. And Tess, you need to pick one more movie, but I'll just keep babbling a little bit because uh, you haven't quite got your mic turned on yet. Sorry, now you my do have your, on. Well, now you do have your mic turned on, so you can just start dividing uh, Why? Blah, blah, blah. What happened with Willard? 
Willard is still uh, in the running, and it's still a thing that we're doing. I but need to say another one. Yeah, yes, we, we've all I, picked two. Oh, uh, okay. So my second choice would be. Uh, well, I don't even know what you guys have done on here. Well, that's um, true. We'll we'll run around it real quick. Uh, you said Willard. Brady said Gosford Park and Paranoid Park and Don't Look Now. Paranoid Park and Don't Look Now. Sorry, that's Gosford Park's a different director. Um, <laughs> I said uh, Goodwill Hunting and No Country for Old Men. And I said The Philadelphia Story and Houseu. Okay. Uh, look, the only thing that I can think of for some reason is. Uh, Remains of the day. So I'm going to say remains of the day. Okay. Uh, now everybody put up one that they're going to Rochambeau for. Okay. Someone go first. I'll put up uh, No Country for Old Men. Willard. Wait, huh. no. Remains of the day. <laughs> Wait, I thought, because I made the argument that you wanted to do like Halloween y stuff. Well, I'd rather do Willard, but I don't want to lose it. So oh, if I, I lose, I'd rather lose trophies. Well, the ones that don't get picked are just out, I think, at this point. Yeah. Sorry. So just do Willard. Okay, Willard. Okay, and I'll do Don't Look Now. Okay. And I'll do Houseu. Are we all... So wait, we need, like, two at a are time. We all probably right? should be a tournament, right? It's tournament. So, so I'll go against battle. you, Maddie, and, okay. and you two go against each other. Yeah. Okay. Maddie and I will do it first. Ready? Rochambeau. Rochambeau. No, no, no. We need to know what did you throw? Paper? No, scissors. We tied. Okay. okay. Rob beat me with paper. Ah. Test I got beat, beat Brady with scissors. By the rat man. Okay, rat man right. versus what did what no. you want? Hausu? Or he so, won? Yeah. I won, so uh, no country for old men versus No, no, it's me. Willard. Willard. Versus Willard. Okay. All right. Rochambeau. Uh, Test wins. Fucking rats. Nothing beats scissors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You rat. Well, shit. All the things are being the things, and I guess uh, JP was mentioned earlier in this episode. Uh, uh, by the way, there are two Willards, right? We should specify it's the Christian uh, Glover. Specifically the Christian Glover one. Which is from the Ots. But Ben is one, and then Willard is also a remake of the earlier okay. Willard. I want to watch the remake, by the it's way. It's like a 2004 or something. All right, so we're oh, doing yeah. the remake of Willard from 2000... Something like that, 2004 2000, blah, blah, blah. And uh, JP was mentioned earlier, so JP, theme song! <laughs> Carnivorous couch, it happens once a week. It swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep. It forces us to watch a film about which we then speak. Carnivorous cows with Brady and Rob. My favorite nights are just me, some lotion, and the original King Kong. Well, it's all okay. None of us need to feel dirty here. 